Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. The parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. To some who were confident in their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told them this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up at the heavens, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus tells a very subversive and shocking story about a Pharisee and a tax collector. Now, there's nothing controversial about telling a story about a Pharisee and a tax collector, for in those days, rabbis would often tell stories about a Pharisee and a tax collector. But in those stories, the Pharisee was always the hero, and the tax collector was always the baddie. So this was a very subversive story. But why does Jesus tell this subversive story? It's not like just one day out of the blue he said to his disciples, Hey guys, gather around. I've got a good story to tell you. Have you heard the one about the Pharisee and the tax collector? No, no. He tells this in response to certain people, self-righteous people he has just met. In Luke chapter 18 and verse 9 we read, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. I can just imagine these guys, these self-righteous guys, looking down their noses at Jesus and his disciples and especially all the people hanging out with Jesus, the sinners, the drunkards, the prostitutes, and even tax collectors. You see, these guys thought they were morally superior to Jesus. And they thought God would accept them because of their moral superiority. And so they put their confidence, their faith, not in God's love, but in their own goodness, their own self-righteousness, their own moral superiority. And so they looked down on everyone else. I can imagine Jesus just stopping in his tracks, turning around and looking at these guys, and then telling them this subversive story, this parable. A parable is a pointed story that asks a question that you have to answer. And the question is this. How do we gain God's approval? Do we gain God's approval by doing stuff? 
by obeying rules, by our own moral goodness? That's the question. Jesus says in verse 10, two men went up to a temple to pray. One a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. So two men go to the temple. It could have been two women or two children. In this story, it happens to be two men. But what's significant is one's a Pharisee and the other is a tax collector. In that culture, you couldn't get two more extreme opposites than a Pharisee and a tax collector. The first guy, the Pharisee, was a very respected religious leader. He wasn't a priest, but he was still a very influential religious leader, more like a, a minister or a deacon within a church. And he was part of a very strict Jewish religious sect whereby they would obey every single rule, every single commandment in the Jewish Bible. That's the Old Testament. And then they would obey many, many other rules beyond and above the Bible just for good measure. And he was known for his devotion and his piety. He was extremely respected. Everyone looked up to him. Everyone listening to the story respected this guy, loved this guy, wished they could be as good as this guy. The other guy was a tax collector. Complete opposite. You couldn't get someone more despised in that culture than a tax collector. I mean, no one likes to pay taxes, right? But this guy was extremely wealthy. He had the biggest house in Temple Lane. He drove the latest model camel. He had designer robes made to measure. He was very wealthy and everyone knew how he made his money. He overcharged everyone and he pocketed the money. Kind of think of uh, big energy companies making huge profits and declaring bonuses while everyone else is struggling to pay their energy bills and suffering. That's this guy. But to make matters worse, he was collecting the taxes for the Romans. The Romans were the enemy, that foreign nation that had invaded their country, that was occupying their country. And therefore he was considered to be worse than the enemy. He was considered to be a traitor. There was no one who was more despised and hated than this guy. The people listening to the story hate him. And the two of them have gone to the temple to pray. That's to worship. In those days, they had two worship services. One first thing in the morning every day, first thing in the morning, and then again at about 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And what the people would do is they would gather around the altar and they would sing hymns. So after singing a couple of hymns, the priest would sacrifice a lamb on the altar for their people's sins. And then after that, the priest would go into the holy place where only the priest could go to burn incense. And during that time, while the smoke was still rising up off the altar, the people would gather around the altar and offer their prayers to God. 
And they would pray standing up, looking up to heaven, and they would pray out aloud to God. So people could hear what they were saying. And we read in verse 11, the Pharisee stood by himself. He he stood by himself. He stood away from everyone else, probably up at the front. He didn't want to get too close to the riffraff because he didn't want to get contaminated with their impurities. And so he's standing aloof. He's standing away from everyone and he prays. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Wow. I mean, is that even a prayer? Is he really speaking to God? Because it kind of sounds like he's speaking to everyone else around him. It, it, It sounds more like gossip than it does like a prayer. I mean, look how, Lord, look how bad these people are, and the worst of the lot is that tax collector. And he's probably wondering, who on earth let that guy in? And his prayer is nothing more than a vicious tack on a stereotype based on nothing other than his preconceived beliefs. Have you ever had the misfortune to be in a prayer meeting where someone has taken the opportunity to use the prayer meeting as an opportunity to gossip? Or to insult someone else, Lord, you, I just want to pray for so-and-so, you know, you know what they're like, you know, you know what they, they, they do this and, and, and they've done that. Lord, won't you show them the errors of their way? Subtext, I'm so much better than them. Look how good I am. And this guy's trying to find fault in other people to make himself feel better about himself. And his prayer kind of comes across like a boast, more than a prayer. It's not like, I'm going to use this as a great opportunity to preach to everybody just about how good I am. Sure, he starts off by saying he wants to thank God, but he just goes on to praise himself. In verse 12, he says, I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all I get. In the Bible, the Bible says you need to fast once a year. He fasts twice a week. Wow, that's impressive. And the Bible says you need to give a tenth of only certain things, like grain, olive oil, and wine. In other words, your main produce. He gives a tenth of everything, like even his herbs. Can you imagine him going through his herbs? I could work out a tenth. I mean, it's impressive. Everyone listening to this, so impressed with this guy. And it is impressive. But the problem is that he thinks that by doing all of this, and by being better than other people, he can win God's approval. He's not putting his faith in God's love. He's putting his faith and his trust and his confidence in his own goodness, his own self-righteousness, his his own moral superiority in being better than other people. And the problem with that, it leads to pride. He becomes self-righteous. He starts looking down at other people. He starts finding fault in other people. He starts comparing himself to other people. And he becomes very proud. 
In complete contrast, in verse 13, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast. Take note that he too is standing away from everyone. But he isn't standing aloof over people. He's standing at a distance. He's at the door, anxious not to be seen. He doesn't feel worthy to, to be with the other people around the altar. He doesn't feel worthy to even look up to heaven. And so he looks down and he beats his breast. In the Middle Eastern culture, that was a, a very extreme sign of remorse and sorrow was to beat your breast. But men rarely did it. Women would often beat their breast at a funeral, but not men. For a man to be beating his breast shows you just how extreme his remorse and his sorrow is. And he beats his breast because he knows it's, it's from his heart that evil desire and thought and greed comes. He's not just sorry for the consequences of sin. He, he hates the sin in his own heart. And so he beats his breast. And he prays, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Now that's a proper prayer. He doesn't pray about anybody else's sin. Just his. He knows he's not sorted. He knows he doesn't have it all together. He knows he needs help. And he comes to the only place where he can find God, the temple, and he cries out to God for help and for forgiveness. It's as if he's saying, he's looking at that altar with the sacrifice burning on it, and he's, as if he's saying, Lord, let that be for me, let that be for my sin. Doesn't compare himself to anyone else. Doesn't put his trust in anything he's done. But he puts his trust and his faith totally in the love of God and the forgiveness of God. Who is God pleased with? Who does God approve of? Who is right in the eyes of God? Well, Jesus shocks everyone in verse 14. He says, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. Justified means that when this tax collector left the temple, he was forgiven. He was, in, he was right in the eyes of God. When the Pharisee left, he was not forgiven. He was not made right by God. The Pharisee's pride had intensified his guilt. He thought he was sorted. He thought he had it all together. So he, he didn't think he needed forgiveness. So he didn't ask. His pride had blinded him to his need of forgiveness. And he just thought he was sorted. So he didn't bother to ask. And so his pride disqualified him. From receiving forgiveness. And that's why Jesus says, For those, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. 
But those who humble themselves will be exalted. Are you like the Pharisee or the tax collector? Are you like the Pharisee? Are you self-righteous? Do you, do you think you're, you're, you're all sorted? You got it together. You don't need any help. You're better than other people. Now, of course, we all say, well, I'm not like that. I mean, no one's going to admit. No one thinks they're like the Pharisee. I am often catch myself being very judgmental of judgmental people. Like, I really get annoyed with religious people who are very self-righteous and looking down on others and judging others. But what am I doing? I'm judging them. I'm no better. And none of us will ever say out loud, well, you know, I'm kind of sorted and I'm better than so-and-so. I'm much better than, yeah, I'm better than other people. We don't say that, but we think it. I mean, we won't say it, but we will think it. We'll be driving on the road and we start thinking to, to ourselves, am I the only person on the road who's not an idiot? <laughs> we, we so quickly think we're better than other people. We, we do it all the time. And you don't have to be religious to be self-righteous. People can get very self-righteous on all kinds of issues. You know, I, I look, I, I'm really good. I, I, I always just take the bus. I, I, I drive a hybrid electric car. I, I don't use a car. I ride the bike. I'm on the bicycle. I, I, I'm really good. I, I, I do like 10 hours of charity work every week. I only eat organic, vegan food. I've, I've made a list of what I believe a good person should do, and I do it. And I look down on anybody who doesn't live up to my list. And I judge them. We, we do it without realizing. So easy to become a Pharisee. And other people will look up to you. Oh, well, he's amazing. Look at all the stuff he does. Sometimes people will come up to Christians and they'll say, Look, you know, you Christians are, think you have it all sorted. And you think you're better than everyone else. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> we know we're not sorted and we're not better than anyone else. That's why we're a Christian. We need help. We need forgiveness. We need Jesus. And sometimes, not always, but sometimes, a, a, a person who, who's not a Christian can actually be quite self-righteous. Because they can go like, well, I... I don't need forgiveness. I don't need your Jesus. I don't need anything. I'm sorted. I'm a good person. And if there is a God, he's going to be well impressed with me. And that too is being self-righteous. If you're not putting your faith in Jesus, you're effectively putting your faith in yourself, in your own moral goodness. The worst kind of self-righteousness, of course, is religious self-righteousness. Where people think, well, God's got to be impressed with me. I, you know, I pray every day. I memorize Bible verses. I come to church every week. I do all these good works for church. I give to the church. God's going to be impressed with me. It's not about how good you are. It's just about how good Jesus is. 
And there is absolutely nothing you can do to earn God's forgiveness. Rather, it's all because of the love of God demonstrated in Jesus dying for our sins that we can be forgiven. And so we never put our faith and our trust in in things we do, but in Jesus. At the end of time, when we have to stand before God, we're not going to go, God, he has my CV. You're going to be impressed. He has my CV. These are all the things I have done. These are all my achievements. No. When we stand before God, we're going to look at Jesus and we're going to say, I'm with him. I'm with him. Because it's not about us. It's all about Jesus. Who are you more like? The Pharisee or the tax collector? Let's pray. And as we pray, let's reflect on a couple of questions. Just in a moment of prayer, just reflect. Who is a tax collector for you? Who is the person you look down on? The type of person you despise, you hate. Who is a Pharisee for you? Someone who seems to have it all together but seems to be quite judgmental, seems to look down on you. And then think, if, if, if the Pharisee was to come to church, that person you've just thought of was to come to, how would you receive him? Open arms, with suspicion, raised eyebrows. And if that tax collector, the person you despise, came to church, how would you receive them? Open arms, again, maybe suspicion, judging, or as a fellow sinner. And then a big one. When have you been like a Pharisee? We all act like Pharisees. When, it, when have you been like a Pharisee? And then when have you been like a tax collector with that remorse and that sorrow and that absolute dependence on God, acknowledging that you don't have it together? Heavenly Father, won't you forgive us when we Act like a Pharisee. We do it too easily. We become very judgmental of judgmental people. (laughs) And a lot of others too. Won't you forgive us? Won't you reveal it to us? And help us to be more like that tax collector who comes totally dependent on your love, your grace, 
and your forgiveness. And help us to be like Jesus, who is so welcoming of people who he struggled to, who we would normally struggle to welcome, to be accepting and gracious. And, and, and Father, we confess that there's sometimes we just can't do it. Won't you help us? Won't you pour your love into us, your grace into us, so that we can be loving and kind to everyone we meet? We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website, abgavenibaptist.co.uk.